Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where each week we explore a topic to help us have more powerful conversations with ourselves and others. I'm your host, Sarah Noel Wilson. And joining us back, I have to like step away from the mic, is Miss Jacquette Timmons. You may remember she joined us on the show last year. We talked all about our relationship with finances. If you have not listened to it, you need to. She gives some incredible advice, but we're so excited to have her back onto the show Um, and, and exploring the idea of we're moving into the end of the year and how do we maybe rethink our relationship with goals and meeting them or not meeting them. Um, and um, as always, as I told her in before our call, I said, uh, I plan on at some point just offering up money for what will be a powerful free coaching <laughs> session for me. So, um, okay. But first, for those of you who haven't met Jacquette, let me tell you all about her, her credentials, so you can understand why I love her and also be sure to follow her. Jacquette Timmons is on a mission to change how people think, behave, and talk about money. It's why she focuses on the human side of money. She works as a financial behaviorist and is committed to getting you to see that you don't manage money, you manage your choices around money. In addition to being an author, Financial Intimacy, How to Create a Healthy Relationship with Your Money and Your Mate, and a frequent blogger, which highly recommend, check out her newsletter. She's also the creator of Pricing Made Human, which is designed to help entrepreneurs, small business owners tackle the questions, what should I charge for this? From all sides, the financial, the emotional, the personal, so they can price more confidently, strategically, and end up thriving in business and thriving in life. She also hosts the podcast More Than Money. When she's not providing behavioral-based financial coaching for smart, driven, and curious high earners, she's traveling the country for speaking engagements on behalf of Fortune 100 companies. She's nationally known to nonprofits and conferences to talk about the intersection of emotions and money. Also, just like like, let's keep piling on the, you know, the accolades. Her work has been featured on Minnesota Public Radio, Sirius XM, Good Morning America, Oprah.com, CNN, Headline News, Fox, Black Enterprise, NPR, Reuters, Reuters, right? Why did mm-hmm. I, Reuters, I feel like I read it a lot, but I don't think I've ever had to say it out loud. And... The Wall Street Journal. She holds an MBA in finance from Fordham University Graduate School of Business and an undergrad in marketing from the Fashion Institute of Technology, which is a combination she credits in part for being able to blend her analytical mind and creative spirit in service to helping her clients shift how they look at money, how they perceive its role in their life and how they give it direction. She lives in Brooklyn, New York, and can be seen running in Prospect Park most days of the week. Jacquette! Yay! Welcome back! (laughs) My dear, it is such a delight to be back. Thank you so much. (sighs) So who are you now since last time we met and talked? Oh, my goodness. It's a big question, I know. It's a huge question. It's a huge (laughs) question. So who am I now? I am someone who... Is, is kind of walking that really fine line between being extremely grateful for what has unfolded mm. and yet still being a bit perturbed about what hasn't. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that could go lots of different ways, whether you want to think about it personally or what's happening in the world. Like. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, grateful on so many different levels. You know, as we were talking in the green room, one of the things that's been fantastic about this year is 
not only speaking engagements coming back, but also coming back and being in person because yeah. I just love that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I started off the year with a goal of three. And uh, to date, I have seven and I still nice. have three more to do. And who knows what might happen before the end of the year. So that has really uh, been a huge, huge, huge blessing. And yet on the other side, you know, there's the speaking arm of my business and the coaching arm and the coaching part has slowed up a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I am, how do I put this? My year to date is more than half of what I did last year, but it's not where I want it to be. Yeah. And I'm th- I'm looking at the gap between now as when we're recording this and the end of the year. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to do that? Yeah. And so grateful because I exceeded one goal and yet mm-hmm. frustrated that another goal that I have just feels so out of reach and yet mm. also so close. Mm-hmm. So that's who I am right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel all of that like that. And, and what a, and what a beautiful description of the complexity of humans, right? To, to be celebratory and also struggling or frustrated. And, and I will say folks, while we, we will likely talk about and explore these topics through the lens of business ownership, uh, the reality is, is we all have times in our life where we're excited mm-hmm. about where we're at and maybe struggling with where we're not at yet. And, yes. uh, you know, with the operative word being yet. Yes. Um, and and how do we how do we navigate that? That was mm-hmm. something that y- you had shared a number of blogs you had written. And there's so many great little insights and tips. And so, you know, what? Let's start with you know, one of your one of your newsletters talked about right the ebbs and flows of business ownership and I I know when I first started my accountant was like there's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys and I'm like yeah 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 makes sense nobody prepares <laughs> you for the valleys <laughs> even when you know, you you know that your work is resonant, you know that it matters, you know that you're you're doing the you know, you're doing good stuff to um, keep business development. Sometimes things just happen. Mm-hmm. A pandemic happens. Mm-hmm. You aren't as uh, getting as much exposure. It isn't um, companies are getting nervous about certain topics or right like mm-hmm. um, or whatever it might be. Um, so that was one of the things that like, I, I, if I could circle it, you're like, intellectually, I was prepared for the, the ebbs. <laughs> Emotionally, I was not. And I was just like, it kind of was a trauma response for me back to last year when I was literally just on my floor talking to my, any whoever I could trust to say, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, you know, I think we all know, we've all been told about the ebbs and flows. And I think there's one thing to know it intellectually, as you said, there's another thing to be prepared for it financially. So in my own case, I'm grateful for the fact that I was prepared for my recent sales slump financially, but I was totally, totally taken aback by my emotional reaction to it Mm. and the whole rabbit hole Mm. that I went down in terms of asking questions like, you know, well, what am I doing wrong? Mm. Or, you know, what's wrong with me? Or um, where did I miss the signals? Mm. And the I think the the nuance there, the trick there 
is that those are actually good questions to ask, but they're <laughs> not good when you're asking them purely from the standpoint of, you know, self-blame and self-doubt because you don't create anything when you are steeped in those two postures, if you yeah. will. It's just, you're in this cocoon of, oh my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, you're so blinded by that, that you can't even see very clearly what are some of the possibilities that might await you? And what are some of the, and I don't mean this to sound Pollyannish, but what are some of the benefits that yeah. are coming as a result of whatever that, you know, ebb is that you are experiencing, whether it's a sales slump or <laughs> I also had a, what I felt like a creative slump, mm, <laughs> you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. like whatever might be the slump. Mm -hmm. um, there, if you, if you are open to it and you don't try to suppress the feeling and skip over it mm, and bypass mm. it, it can actually hold some wisdom for you. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to go through it. Oh, I mean, God. it's the, at that point, I, yes. I, I mean, just yes to all of it. We, we definitely, uh, I definitely went through a really tough time last year because we were, uh, from a business development, doing a lot of big things, book, podcast, Harvard article, we are getting exposure and that takes time to pay off. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally sitting there looking at my account going, and we, we've been so consistently, uh, man, we've been able to manage, right? Like we've been, right. we've had, we've had enough level of success and I'm sitting here going, I don't know that I have payroll for more than one month. And it's, it's really hard. It was hard for me. Let me rephrase that. It was hard for me to not go, do I have what it takes? Mm -hmm. to run this. And suddenly mm -hmm. the doubt became, and and you're right, they weren't questions of curiosity of, oh, okay, well, what could we have done differently? What do we need to be paying attention to next time? So we're not caught off guard because let's be real. And most like in our business, the signs will be there. They're all, if you're there. measuring that, right. If you're paying attention to it and, and, but how do you, how do you think about that? Not from a place of just beating yourself up, but uh, a place of, okay, what do we do differently next time to get ahead of this? That was really hard. And it's a, it's a, for me anyway, I'll, I'll clarify, like, it was real hard to not just feel like a total failure when everyone's like, wow, you're like killing it. I was like, I'm, yeah, sort of <laughs> like, I'm really proud of all of these. You're like, my bank account is not reflecting and, that. <laughs> and, and I would like to have a little bit more like comfortability, right? Right. right. Um, yeah. yeah, totally, totally. You know, I was just thinking as you were talking um, and I was seeing two things. I was seeing this current moment. And then I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I was also flashing back to when uh, my CPA at the time asked me the question, when are you going to stop mortgaging your life? Did I tell you about that? No, no. So this was uh, probably about six years or so into my business. And, um, we're, you know, it's tax time. And I go to my CPA's office and uh, he says, when are you going to stop mortgaging your life? And I'm looking at him like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Well, 
what he, you know, brought to my attention was that my business wasn't doing as well as I thought it was doing. Mm. And this is why I say, you know, A, two things are there. there, The signs are always there. And two, Mm -hmm. you're going to go through it again. Right. But this time I'm in a different position than when I was back then. And what I what he was pointing out for me is that I was masking how well my business was doing or not doing because I would dip into my savings one month or Mm. another month I might sell some of my investments to cover the shortfall. Mm. And Mm. back then, initially anyway, I was managing money exclusively. So- well, when we're having, when we're having, when I first started my business, I was managing money exclusively. And so yeah. adjusting to um, getting paid monthly, mm-hmm. no matter how the portfolio was doing, mm-hmm. to getting paid quarterly a month after the quarter end and never knowing how much it was mm-hmm. going to be, how much it was going to be, because it was dependent upon the market value of the portfolio was something to, adjust to. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it was like, okay, I've got enough and other times not. And so I would do one of those two things. And so here we are having this conversation and it was just, you know, that phrase come to Jesus moment. It was my come to Jesus moment of holy crap. I now have three different ways of generating revenue, managing money, speaking and coaching. And none of them are putting me in a position to meet my obligations from a business standpoint personally. And I end up having to do the two things that I did not want to do, A, and B, I was taught not to do. Mm. Because I grew up in a household where you didn't have debt. That was the message. And you saved. Yeah. And so here I was depleting my savings, <laughs> depleting my investments and increasing my debt. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Two, just like a two punch hit right there. You know, um, but I, 20 years later, I am here, you know, still standing much stronger and now able to withstand a slump in a very different way yeah. than I was back then. And I, and I one of the reasons why I wanted to just share that story is that make sure we're taking the lessons from those slumps, whatever those slumps are, so that we can apply them and make sure, you know, I I, I said in uh, one of my recent posts, I can't recall which one, but I was journaling about all the things that I was feeling. And I was like, don't let this challenge be a single use lesson. Mm. And Mm. I think that that's important that we don't let the things that we go through just be a disposable lesson and move on to the next thing. Like make sure we are carrying forward something. And if it's something that you can share with other people so that they don't have to learn it the hard Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. (laughs) or as hard, (laughs) do it. It's a, I, that, that, that language and visual is so good. And, you know, sometimes we'll talk on the team as smoothing the waves, but a friend of mine's like, I think you're trying to build a better boat. I'm like, yeah, no, that's actually it. And yeah, because because it can be real easy. And again, uh, let's say you're not a business owner and you have some unexpected uh, emergency funds come up or uh, or emergency expenses or whatever the case might be. Um, You know, for me, I know one of the lessons learned was one, just have way, like be really intentional when we can to keep a certain amount of money in the bank. Mm -hmm. And even when there's a good year, 
that doesn't all get paid out in bonuses. We right. are going to keep and and probably and I think you and I've talked about this. I tend to be more even more conservative with like being cash heavy because mm-hmm. I don't on some level I don't want to experience what I experienced uh, mm-hmm. last year uh, through mm-hmm. that lens and you know but also being creative to say okay well we just need a what's the uh, my colleague Mary who has now joined us from a uh, business development. You know, she uses the language like, what are the levers you can start pulling? Like, what are the levers that might be different than what you want to do? But what are the levers we can start pulling just so you can start to ease that? Because exactly to your point, when you are under a place of stress and survival mode, it's really hard to be creative. It's hard to be curious. It's hard to be even collaborative because Mm -hmm. it's easy to come from a place of of scarcity instead Mm -hmm. of a place of abundance. Yes. So true. What, you know, when you think about the, uh, the emotional waves that come when you find yourself in, in a slump, what are some of the lessons like you're holding on to um, or want to pull out as you move forward? I think one of the biggest ones is um, the reminder <laughs> that I've come through it before. Mm, and so mm. I can figure it out again. Mm. And it may mean tapping into a different pool in terms of resources um, or trying something that I haven't tried before or that I'm nervous yeah. about trying, like redefine what is risk. Mm. Uh, because I think sometimes when we get into this mode, we tend to be even more risk averse when maybe we need to actually be even bolder. And so just kind of reminding myself that, A, you've been here before, you, so you have the, in your DNA somewhere, you have the history and the memory of coming through the challenge and getting on the other side. So don't forget that. Yeah. Um, And then also make sure that, you're not dismissing something simply because you think it's too risky. Like maybe mm. there's a way to do it where you feel safe to experiment, mm. but you still take the risk. So off the top of my head, those are the two things that come to mind. Yeah. You know, it's something that I would add uh, that I was, uh, I was reflecting on as you were talking it's funny how you get some space and you get a lot of like clarity (laughs) when you look back (laughs) is, um, is also testing assumptions. I mean, that's part of what you're hitting on. I remember, um, I was talking to my lawyer who, who's also my cousin, which is a glorious family member to have. And, and I said, um, yeah, I think, you know, my accountant's like, it's okay if you want to do an investment in your company, right? Just if that is going to give you some security to see, He's like, you can loan your company money. And first of mm-hmm. all, I was like, what? Like, he's like, right. if somebody gave you a loan, you would write up a promissory note and they would get some interest. And it's no different than if you and Nick were moving money over. And I was like, well, we wish we would have done this sooner. Like, but, <laughs> but, but what was such an eye-opening thing was, again, the self-talk I had yeah. was, I must be a failure because I have to do this. And my cousin who's done his... Uh, more of a serial entrepreneur and works with entrepreneurs in his law firm, he was like, congratulations. Like, 
And also, this won't, probably won't be the last time right. you might need to shift funds to infuse. And, you know, and I think that the other thing that was a really powerful turning point, you know, my accountant was like, uh, and he's like a curmudgeonly old man. Like, I love him, but he's, you know, he's my curmudgeon. <laughs> like, but, but so he when has he has something speaks, in common with my CPA who he? said okay. to me, we, well, my, that, I'm not working with him any longer. May he rest in peace. But he was the, it was an old, so I'm Jamaican American, so I feel like it's okay for me to say yeah. this. He was an old Jamaican man sure. who was the one who said, when are you going to stop mortgaging sure. your life in the Jamaican accent? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But I mean, my accountant, when I first started, he was like, people pay you to do this? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right. And that, now he's like super proud of me. He's like this oh, proud, so like funny. proud papa. But he said, Sarah, who better for you to invest in than yourself. Like you, you know, you're going to, you know, this is yep. temporary. You know, you're going to figure it out. You figured yep. it out before. Yep. And who better for you to invest this in? And that, that was such a powerful shift to get me out of. I'm a failure to No, this is just the reality of owning your own business. And, and what am I going to do now? Right? Like, what's the investment I want to make? And, um, but also just that, like, the, I I didn't know. I didn't know that this yeah. was like a normal thing. I didn't know. And my my cousin slash lawyer was very much like, I'm kind of excited that you're feeling this. And I was like, that's terrible. Why? <laughs> he was like, because you've been pretty profitable to this point. And he's right. like, and I think it's good for you right. to like now have to pay attention to things differently so yep. you can catch it sooner. And it's it changed the game for us. Well, you know what I love about what your cousin it's kind of bringing to the forefront and it's this awareness that I don't think we pay enough attention to, which is this idea that with each new level of success, something needs to change, mm. right? Something mm. uh, perhaps emotionally, financially, spiritually, in terms of your roles, in terms of your responsibilities, perhaps your habits, perhaps your, you know, beliefs, something needs to change. And I think him affirming for you that this is actually an example of something good changing and yeah. you needing to do something new because you've reached a new level is actually a good thing because guess what? Whenever you reach that other threshold, whatever that is for you, the things that seem uncomfortable now will seem normal, but yeah. then you'll end up doing something else that will feel uncomfortable. And that, my friends, is Jacquette Timmons <laughs> laying down the wisdom. The... Then I'm yeah. just going to like pause and reflect. Yeah. I mean, it's that, gosh, that's such a, an accurate statement that what feels new and uncomfortable now is just, you know, and it's funny because when I talk to other fellow business owners who might be in a similar state, I'm like, well, you know, you can give your business a loan. They're like, right. wait, I can. I'm like, oh yeah, here's the permissory note. Let me give it to you. And it's like, yes. and then now, now I'm on the other side of the fence right. with it. Exactly. And, you know, and to, and to be, uh, yeah, just to and I and I think to try to celebrate those moments of evolution because it can mm -hmm. be so easy when you're caught into the cycle of focusing on the deficit that right. you can forget to say, yeah, but look at like look at 
look at where we've come. Look at right. how I'm prepared differently mm-hmm. uh, financially for this. Look at how mm-hmm. we're anticipating sales differently. Look at how we're paying differently or whatever the case might be and and to celebrate that evolution. Well, and something that I'm, you know, I, I think might be, it, it feels like a connection to this point you're making uh, but you had talked about in one of your articles is just even our relationship with success um, from the standpoint of do do you want the very success you have and everything that comes along with it? I would love for you to tease that idea out because that that's been provocative for me throughout the years. And so I'm really curious to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, you know, I started paying a little bit more attention to it. Uh, There is a formal name for it. It's called success anxiety. Hmm. And I started paying a little bit more attention to it when uh, a former client reached out to me and said, okay, I've I've done the plan. I've reached the goals that we talked about. Now what? And just adjusting to, well, what do you do when you actually get the thing that you want? And so we talked about, you know, that it is not an unusual um, experience. So what she Mm. what she was going through was normal. So that was a good thing for her to realize. I think the other thing was, again, reinforcing for her that with each new level of success, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And so what do you need to do to adjust to this Mm. new comfort zone? And I think the other thing is we sometimes don't plan for what that, what that success is going to look and feel like. We know what the marker is, but we don't really spend the time to think about, all right, I have ABC as my goal. I'm doing D, E, and F to get there. I get there. Have I thought about what am I going to do to celebrate? Mm-hmm. Have I thought about what is it going to feel like? Mm-hmm. What will it actually, what will it look like in terms of how will I be a different person mm-hmm. as a result of this journey? Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I'm guilty of it too, I don't think we spend enough time sitting in that place of curiosity because understandably so, we are so head so head down yeah. doing the thing to yeah. get from point A to point B so that we can have that success, that that reflective, that proactive reflective moment doesn't happen until after we've reached that threshold and now we're like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. And I think there's some there's some component of it that you can't prepare for, depending on what it is. More with Jacquette Timmons in a moment. I I think about when I first started and I thought, how cool it'll be when I get to fly somewhere, get to fly somewhere to speak. And now I'm like, I don't want to fly anymore. (laughs) I, I mean, I will. And I do. Clients, right. I love you, you like, and Zoom I will come to you. No problem. Well, well, and and it is. It's you know, it's interesting because um, two things that are coming up for me. You know, when I like when I started my company, it was just me, and I just wanted to see if I could make a go at it. And now right. that we're uh, you know 
you know, not quite six years, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting to go, I don't know that I want to keep up the pace that I'm doing. And I Mm want to figure out how we grow it in a way that doesn't mean more of my time. And I don't Mm -hmm. know that I I could have anticipated that because I think I would have been, but I think that that point you make is a really powerful one of, and also like trying to be uh, anticipatory about, and what's it going to cost to get to this point? Okay. Now my second point, again, I have to give, this is going to be my love fest on my cousin, Greg. Yay. Hi, Greg. Yeah. (laughs) I'll send it to him and be like, um, and where can you anticipate things? How do you prepare for things now that might come later? That is a really inarticulate way. So let me just illustrate it. When, when I was in my last company, and I was doing work on the side and doing work internally, essentially the same kind of work. Mm-hmm. There came a point where I started to become protective of my personal intellectual property mm-hmm. because I knew if I delivered it in the company, they would own it. Right. And I then realized this is not like they're not getting my best stuff. Right. Which isn't fair to the organization or to the team members. And he was the one who said, well, why don't you negotiate your intellectual property? And I was like, can I do that? And, and, and I'll never forget the conversation we had. And I was like, well, it's not like they would ever come back at me or anything like that. If I decided to use it. And he said, I was like, it's a legal insurance company. They're not, I don't need to go through this. And again, because he's a copyright lawyer, he was like, Sarah, you do not plan for where you are. You plan for where you could go. And the thing I will tell you is that if you become successful people get greedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying I've seen it happen so many times. And that was profound for me of how yeah. do I prepare today, not for who I am today, but for who who we might co- become as a company, whether that is, you know, the personal, professional mm-hmm. success, financial success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, I've, and you're right. I, I don't think that many of us um, spend the time thinking. And sometimes, again, I think it takes someone else who's like a couple steps ahead of us to go, hey, FYI, you need to be thinking about this. Yeah. And even if you don't have the the privilege of having that conversation, that mm-hmm. FYI conversation, mm-hmm. I think even just being able to observe. So yeah. that person that you think is several steps ahead of you, what can you kind of discern from how they are doing whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's running a business or managing their career internally? What is it that you can discern from how they are managing their business or their career that makes you go, huh, that's Mm. insightful. That's Mm. something that I can do or that may be something that I want to um, explore. One of the things that you, you said that it made me think about is Sometimes, in addition to what we were talking about earlier, the slumps, and even what we're talking about now in terms of um, what can you prepare for, a question that I always ask my clients is, when will something break? Mm. Mm. And what will you do Mm. if something breaks? Mm. Mm. And I think that that's really helpful in terms of just figuring out or just kind of mind mapping out well, one, what does breaking mean? Does it mean just having one unsatisfied customer and, w- and what mm. makes that, what makes them an unsatisfied customer or client? Um, or is it several or is it a tech thing? Like whatever could break, 
that would just, you know, make you feel a little flustered. What is that and how would you handle it? And Mm -hmm. I think that that goes to kind of Greg's uh, point too in terms of preparing for the future. Because if you think about what could break, it's what could break in the future. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Or what are the ramifications if something breaks today? What are the ramifications of that for the future? And that's one way I think of um, in terms of trying to be forward thinking while you're in the midst of the day-to-day reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great question. And I, and I think you could apply that to so many situations, right? We, yeah, my colleague, Teresa, you know, when we talk about relationships, she'll say if the wheels are going to come off in the bus for you during the day, what, (laughs) what is it? Right. Like more from a like pet peeve or a, right, right. Like hitting your threshold, But it is like, okay, like, let's just have a plan for if something's going to, if something's going to break on this trip, you're taking a vacation, if something's Mm -hmm. going to break on this trip, if something is going to, uh, what's, what's our plan of action? Um, Which the my anxiety brain really loves that too, from the standpoint of like, let's just like what might happen. And, 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 and some of those will be really obvious. You know, if you have team members, let's say they quit, Mm -hmm. then what? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you don't ha- get the sales that you want. Well, then what's the action? And it, mm-hmm. and it makes me think of when we were in the process of, uh, and this was actually quite a few years before I started on my own full time. But when I knew that this was coming and I wanted to be just like as prepared as possible, my, my, my financial advisor was like, what are your three biggest concerns? And I was like, well, like the biggest concern is I don't make money. (laughs) You know, like that's the biggest concern. And it's like, okay, well, how much do we need to have in the bank? What other kind of, of, of access, right? Might you need? And, and I also understand, right? Like there's a whole lot of privilege in the resources Mm -hmm. and access to resources I have. So I don't want to minimize that. Um, But then I said, well, what if something happens to me? Cause I'm the only one making, I would be the only one driving revenue. He's like, well, Mm -hmm. let's get you disability insurance. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, it, it's making me think about that conversation of what's the, if it's gonna, if it's gonna break, where's it gonna break? And how do we, how do we see when it's cracking before it breaks? Like, especially exactly. from the sales slump perspective, because in, in earnest, and I don't know how, if this is true for you, for me, it just, I literally didn't have a system to even be paying attention to prospects until there weren't <sighs> any or there weren't enough. Yeah, I I feel you on that one. And here's the sad thing. I had the information in front of me. I just wasn't seeing it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? So the message (laughs) out there to all of us is it's not enough to track. Yeah. And sometimes maybe you need a second set of eyes to look at what you're tracking Mm. because it's, it's almost like... What happens when you glaze over something because you've read it over and over and over and then someone else can read it and, and the, the, the mistake is so glaringly obvious, but you can't see it. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they'll make meaning of it differently or mm-hmm. right, like call attention to it. And you're like, mm-hmm. but I've got money in the bank. <laughs> like, that was, 
I'm not proud, but my first couple of years was like, I got money. I mean, there's money in there. And now I'm like, oh, no, we like, yeah, we right. Every, everybody has like, well, not everybody, but I think we um, all have that that line where or that number where yeah. if we see our business checking account go beneath that number. We're yeah. like, ah! yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, and then having somebody validate like, yeah, you should be freaked out or like, no, you're OK. You're like, no, I, right. I need 12 months of, you know, right. like, like, yeah, no, you know, totally, like, totally, you know, but I, I think everything that you're saying just really kind of reinforces this idea that, um, very few things go to plan. Yeah. They, they, they just don't unfold. I think it's important mm. for us to plan. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to have a planning process because when it doesn't work out, you have something to then go back to and say, well, what part of the process didn't work mm. and not just focus on the fact that the outcome didn't unfold the way you wanted it to fold. But I think we just have to remind ourselves constantly of the of the truth of the matter, which is that very few plans go as planned. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, which I feel like is a theme. I think it's a theme in these conversations lately is just like, and embrace that uncertainty, right? Like, 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 have have as much of a plan as you can. And then, you know, and, and I think that what you're what you're hitting on and what I've learned is and who 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 are your resources? Because mm-hmm. I know when I start spiraling in an anxiety way as a business owner, I've learned like who are my people that I reach out to to go. Mm-hmm. Should I be spiraling right now? Right, <laughs> or right. is this actually just a normal part of where I'm at because of the mm-hmm. game I'm playing, or at the level I'm playing at, or how things have shifted, or how right? Like, and and so who are those people? that you can do that check-in that that's been really uh, critical for me. And, and even on a personal level, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I just need to check in about this and yeah, where, definitely, where am I off the mark? I think your point about, um, getting comfortable with uncertainty dovetails also with also getting comfortable with the reality. Mm. Because so often part of the tension, part of the stress is that we want the reality to be something different than what it is. Mm. And if we would just accept it is what it is right now, it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it is what it is right now. I just think then we can move forward in a very, very different way than if we are trying to resist Mm. the the reality of the moment. And so I think there's a connection there between the uncertainty and the reality. Mm. Mm-hmm. You should write on that. You should that I might just plant that seed as something for you to explore in a future article. <laughs> okay, I will do that. That I might be interested in reading. <laughs> so <laughs> no, that's terrible. I totally just gave the work to you instead of um, that's but that is such a that's such a great I don't know if you've heard this term. When I, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, when I was diagnosed with panic disorder uh, and was having repeated panic attacks, I had what my therapist at the time called grasping thoughts. I was grasping for a reality that wasn't actually there. 
And every time I grasped for, and here's what it would sound like in this moment, I wish I didn't have to deal with panic attacks. I wish that I could just go back to how I was before I had these, right? Same with my OCD. Like I had moments of, I just want to have good days again. Like I want to go back to how I'm feeling. And every, and she was the one who made the observation of, do you see how every time you reach for this reality, like you're reaching for this reality that's not actually there, you've increased your suffering. Right. And that was such a profound, and sometimes I forget it. Mm-hmm. And that like, as hearing you talk, it's just like, yeah, so okay, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. So now what? Yeah. And, and when we're, and that's not to say that we don't, we just had a lovely conversation with Katrina Jones of like, and sometimes it's okay to be like, it's shit. This yeah. is, this sucks right now. And it's yeah. hard. Absolutely. And, and like, and what do I need to do mm-hmm. next? If, yeah, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have had the two of you on because I think next time we'll just next time do a panel next discussion. Time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That like, how do you embrace uncertainty and accept the reality? And that and that really goes, you know, going back to what we started off talking about in terms of the emotional uh, reaction to the slump. I think it is also not suppressing whatever the emotion is that you're feeling. Yeah. And having an understanding that it's not whether or not an emotion is good or bad. Right. It's that it, 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 it exists along a spectrum. And I think we can often get ourselves in trouble when we're like, that's a bad emotion, but mm-hmm. that's a good emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all emotions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have a quote unquote bad emotion and a quote unquote good emotion about the exact same thing. Right. At the same time. At the same time. I'm so excited and I'm so overwhelmed that this is happening and I don't know what's going to happen next. Exactly. You know, exactly. Exactly. Like, just like me being, oh, I'm so, you know, I felt self-conscious about acknowledging that I'm really, really frustrated because I was really grateful. And it's like, but they can coexist. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the <laughs> I I always have to challenge myself with not thinking like it's a good day, bad day. It's just a moment. Like this yeah. moment felt harder. Like yeah. that's the language I'm trying to use. It's like this yeah. this situation just felt harder. Yep. Uh uh and this moment felt easier and yep. literally within an hour that will change. And and just writing writing those waves, mm-hmm. it's you know you know so much of your work is about helping people reexamine their relationship with something that feels so tactical, right? Transactional as money, and and I love this conversation of how do we reexamine our relationship? I mean, because right, that's like what drives our responses to stuff. Not now I want to be clear actually. I want to I want to like back back off of that a little bit of what I just said, but oh and here's here's why I was I was about to say like our relationship with whatever situation is in front of us and it's not as simple as like thinking positive thoughts. That's what I want to like I I hate it yeah. when people are like just think positively. And it's yeah. like no. I I don't want to and I can't or right. I have trauma or right. there, this is very deep that I have to, to work through. But, but even being in that, yeah, just like the relationship with the discomfort differently. Doesn't mean that mm-hmm. the discomfort goes away. It's there. It's just different. Yeah. I think it, it goes back to 
can you even, do you even have the reserve Mm. to be curious about the relationship, Mm. right? So when I think about uh, the fact that we all have a relationship with money, which is why, you know, I focus on helping people to, you know, improve that in some way, shape or another is because that relationship shows up in so many different ways, right? I I like to remind people that it shows up every time you swipe your debit card. It shows up every time you get a deposit or you don't get a deposit into your checking account. (laughs) It shows up when you decide to bring on a team member or you decide to adjust the time that you are, you know, the length of time that you're hiring them for the work that they do. It shows up. It shows up in your business, right? Does your business, does it feel like your business is is feeding you even, and I don't mean that literally, but just feeding your soul. Um, Does it feel like it's feeding you or does it feel like it is just zapping you of absolutely everything and you're wondering what the heck? Yeah. That's, that's, those are all, you know, reflections of your relationship in that moment of time. Mm. And I think we talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating. I always like to remind people that our relationship with money is one of the longest we will have Mm. and it will ebb and flow and it will change. The dynamics of it will change. Just like if you've been married for 20 years, the relationship that you have now at year 20 is very different than what it Mm -hmm. was at year one. Mm -hmm. It's just different. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy. Well, and And that point about do you have the resources to be curious? And I don't remember who was talking about this. So I'm and I'm wearing my chronically curious shirt, right? Like curiosity is such a big I need to order one of those. I love send us send us send us your signs. We'll we'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let us know. Um uh and if there's anyone listening that wears a size small, because apparently we ordered way too many smalls. And so you <laughs> let me know, I'll cut you a deal. But but I think it was I think it was on NPR. And and I wish I could remember the context. But basically they were like, understand that curiosity is a privilege. Because when <laughs> when fundamental needs are met, fundamental, right? Like mm-hmm. shelter safety, mm-hmm. food, uh, when those aren't meant, you can't be like, that's a, and that, that was such a, that was so provocative for me. Um, and, you know, and so hearing you talk about like, do you have the resources to be curious and, and, or what do you need to stabilize right, to get to a place of that, you know, and that, that can apply to lots of different scenarios and situations you know i think about my journey with my mental health that sometimes my therapist like i think you just need to soothe yourself right now and not try to learn from this like i Mm. think you just need to soothe yourself Mm -hmm. to get you to a place where you then can receive right right and do the work or whether that's more tangible of i need some some kind of stability financial Mm -hmm. stability career Mm -hmm. stability family Mm -hmm. stability child Mm -hmm. care stability um, so that we can 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 think about this. And I um, that yeah, that's that's always been really provocative for me. And in hearing you say that, um, I think it's just an important reminder, too. Yeah. And the piece that I wrote, uh, I can't remember now which week it was, <laughs> but it was recently. <laughs> 
talking about my, uh, you know, sales slump, I did have, you know, a note below that said that I do recognize that I'm having this conversation or the conversation that I'm having is because I was financially prepared. It yeah. would have been very different right. if I wasn't right. financially prepared. So right. yeah, I do. I do appreciate you even calling that out even some more because that, that, that's an important um, context to be mindful of. Yeah. And when we think about, you know, people who are in formal positions of authority and power or informal positions of authority and power can be real easy to forget that. Like, mm-hmm. well, of course, this, you know, like you, you have the resources for childcare. You have the <laughs> resources for in, like investing in your retirement. You mm-hmm. have the res. I think you and I actually maybe talked about this on the first time around of, uh, you know, just situations where almost like having to educate some of the folks that, well, my former CEO, super great guy, but really and really passionate about retirement savings, really passionate. Um, you know, so much so that like the company has a very generous retirement match. Uh, it's like 9% or it was when I was wow. there. Yeah, very generous because he's so passionate about it. But then he would get frustrated when he would see that not everyone was taking advantage of it. And it was like, but understand right. that this is a single mom with three kids. Right. right. And she's a customer care rep. So like that, that's right. like not in her purview right now. Right. Because right? she's she's trying to make sure right. that she's got she enough needs money. Much, she needs she, much liquidity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cash flow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think that that that's a real uh, awareness for us to maintain about ourselves, but also mm-hmm. to like think about when we're thinking about or looking at, at another person. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Nuance matters all yeah. the time. Jacquette, I I just love like I love you so much. I love you too, Sam. And I want to keep talking to you and I need to be re- I want to be thoughtful of your time. And I know we're <laughs> just going to bring bring you back on the show. Um <laughs> you know, I am always happy to be back. Always happy. Nick to and be I are going to come up your way. We're we're starting oh to map God. out where our favorite people are and we're like we just need to do it's like it, you know, if there's a ball stadium double double plus for him. But Oh my uh, God, so if you don't come before this current season, then come in the spring and we'll go to a Yankee game and we'll do yeah, some foodie things. You know, I mean, Yankees are I know fine, you're not a Yankee like, fan, a, but that's I don't I, even have an opinion, but I know that that's provocative. And so, like, I always get some reaction. Uh, but yes, no, we do. But I just, I, what I, uh, again, I, for people who are listening, follow Jacquette, get her newsletter. Um, again, like, I feel so fortunate to be in conversation with you and examining these topics again through such a human lens and i just always appreciate your insight and how you the language you use to explain things and i always end up going back and listening through and like oh i need to take notes now on what she <laughs> what she said so okay so for people who are sitting here going i want to hire her uh you know which fyi she's a hell of a speaker folks and um and and the topic is really applicable to every single person 
who needs to navigate money, uh, yeah. whether that's you wanting to bring in a speaker to your organization from a financial health and mental, you know, like wellness, mm-hmm. whether that's a leadership, uh, whether it's a women in banking conference. Mm-hmm. But so if people want to connect with you and learn more about your speaking and your coaching, what's the best way for them to connect with you? They can go to my website, jacquettetimmons.com. They can also follow me on Instagram and, or LinkedIn because I'm mm-hmm. active in all of those areas. And, you know, for the speaking engagements, I think it's really important to highlight that I am so excited that financial wellness is taking more space at the yeah. table of well-being mm. because, you know, PwC did a study and they do it every year or every other year. And the the stats are pretty alarming in terms of how many people are financially stressed. I mean, we all sure. have a, you know, a simmering degree of it. But of the people that are financially distressed, I think it's 50, it's either 59 or 56. Don't hold me to that number. But people are so financially distressed that they are distracted and they are spending three hours per week at work wow. dealing with whatever the personal financial issue is. And so this is not just about doing a, you know, having a financial experience as a do-good. It's going to have a a positive effect on your bottom line because that person will be more engaged, more productive. And, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money then on uh, recruiting because you'll be able to retain folks. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. There's a benefit to that. I, yeah, that's such a, that's such a great point. Uh, having lived that, having been there, having family members or friends who have been there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm guessing in sometimes that number is even far higher, far yeah. higher. Yeah, um, for sure. All right. We'll put all of your contact information in the show notes. Yeah. Can I just say one other thing? Yeah, though, please. No, we have? you can. You can. I mean, <laughs> take whatever time you need. This is yours. <laughs> Oh, my God. I just want to remind folks, especially because of where we are at this time of the year, when it comes to the goals that you've not yet achieved, Mm. to really spend some time thinking about what does it mean if you don't achieve it Mm. so that you can just get it out, right? Get it Mm. out of your system already. And also in the process of getting it out, maybe even figure out what can you do to redefine that goal Mm. or make it a goal that you carry over into the next year, but you carry it over in, you carry it over with a different way of achieving Mm. it perhaps. Mm. And I just wanted to remind people of that because we can, as we were talking about earlier, begin to think of of ourselves as a failure. Yeah. And if you just kind of think about uh, confront that, right? Just face yeah. it. All right, if I yeah. don't do this, yeah, w- what does that mean? And wh- and who is it going to impact? That can either help you to put in place a contingency plan for this year, or it can help you with preparing for how do you get to it, um, hopefully then next year. So yeah. I just wanted to make sure to say that. No, I love that. And actually, you know, you sharing that, Nick, uh, let's put in the show notes links to some of the newsletters that she shared with me that inspired this conversation. So folks, you will be able to easily access that and then go be sure to sign up um, so you can get that. But it's a, uh, it, it, yeah, it's just the re- like, it's the calibration. I feel like, again, that's another yeah, phrase that that's word. coming up in the conversation. It's just yeah. a calibration. It's just yep. like where we are now. Mm-hmm. 
again, it goes back to your accepting reality. Like mm-hmm. this is yeah. this is where we are. There was mm-hmm. external factors. There was internal factors. We mm-hmm. didn't manage our time or we overestimated how much time or we underestimated or mm-hmm. a whole host of things. Yep. And like, and it's okay that yep. we're going to, and, and it's okay if you let go of that goal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But be proactive um, about it. <laughs> right, right, right. And not from a place of shame. Right. Just like, exactly. oh, okay, like that's, that doesn't fit anymore. Right. And that's, that's totally okay. Or yeah. to celebrate, like I gave it my shot mm-hmm. and it just didn't, it didn't work out. And yeah. like how to, how to celebrate that. Totally. Okay. My love. All right, my dear. Till next time. Thanks Until for coming on time. the show. Thank you. Our guest this week is one of my favorite people, Jacquette Timmons. And gosh, I have so many pages of what I'm holding on to. But I really love that last kind of uh, message of reevaluating and reassessing your goals, but also that idea of, right, how do we sit with the reality of what we're facing? There's so much. I'll go back and listen to this one. Like I do many of them so I can take more notes. But we want to hear from you. What resonated for you? What came up for you? What connections did you make? And you can always send us an email at podcast at sarahnellwilson.com or you can send me a DM on LinkedIn where my DMs are always open. And if you like this episode and want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. First, if you have not already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform. This helps us increase our exposure so we can continue to bring on excellent guests like Jacquette Timmons. Also, if you'd like to financially support the show, you can do so by becoming a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash conversations on conversations where your financial support will support the team that makes this show possible. So speaking of the amazing team, let's give them some love, my friends, to our producer, Nick Wilson, our sound editor, Drew Knoll, to our transcriptionist, Becky Reinert, to our marketing consultant, Jessica Burge, and the rest of the Snowco crew. Thank you for being on this journey. And just a huge wholehearted final thank you to Jacquette Timmons. It's always a gift when she joins us and I can't wait for our future conversations. My friends, this has been Conversations on Conversations. Thank you all so much for listening, for showing up. And remember, when we can change the conversations we have with ourselves and others, we can change the world. So till next week, please be sure to rest, rehydrate, and I'll see you again soon.